Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And I'm Evan Dzinski, her husband. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and lead mutually empowered, purposeful lives. Today, we're talking about making room for each other to grow. This is one of the biggest lessons we've learned in year three, and it's a lot of what sparked the heart behind the Brave Marriage podcast in the first place. And after having grown up and grown together and having realized some of our dreams together over the last seven years, it's hard not to share it because it's been so impactful in our marriage. I would totally agree. It's one of those things that's been there kind of from the beginning, and it continues to grow, and we especially saw that in year three. So during that year, I started a relationship blog, and I actually wrote a post about this called The Best Gift to Give Your Spouse, and the premise behind it was really the best gift that Evan has ever given me was space and room in our marriage to grow both as a person and to explore the world from the safe home base of our marriage. Now, stick with me here because I'm going to explain a concept that may seem unrelated, but I promise I'll tie it back to making room for each other to grow. But if you've ever learned about the importance of secure attachment for children, you know that children who are securely attached to their caregivers trust that their caregiver will be there when needed and can rely on their caregiver to show up steadily and consistently to meet their needs. And this emotional safety or the secure attachment provides a safe place for kids to develop and explore their world as they move into new developmental stages and tasks. So, for example, an infant must learn to trust their primary caregiver and develop a secure attachment in order to successfully move into learning how to be autonomous, how to take initiative and assert their own will, and how to begin gaining competence throughout childhood. Now, here's where this ties back. In the late 80s, researchers discovered that attachment theory not only applies to parent-child relationships, but also to adult romantic relationships. And while this has a lot of important implications for the way we understand marriage relationships, why I wanted to bring it up is because I've viscerally experienced the effects of this secure attachment in my marriage. Because going back to what I said before, growing in trust and security with Evan, along with his encouragement of me, provided a safe home base for me both to jump off from and to come home to. And this is the first time Evan's hearing this, so Evan, thoughts as I theorize. That totally makes sense to me when you think about starting a marriage. I mean, it's like turning over a new leaf. It's a new chapter in your life. So it's kind of like you have to create those new attachments. You know, you're leaving your family of origin. You're leaving and cleaving. So that just makes sense to me. Exactly. So... My first experience of Evan empowering me and encouraging my growth was not even a month into our marriage. It was the summer of the 2012 Olympics, and Evan and I were living in married student housing at the time, and there were kids all over our neighborhood, and they were trying to do cartwheels and somersaults in the street like literally in the middle of the street. And so I would watch them from our window, and I have a background in gymnastics, so I just said in passing to Evan one day, I should teach them how to do gymnastics. Like, I should help them learn to do this safely, just as an idea. But do you remember what you said to me when I mentioned it? Yeah, it was a brilliant idea, and I was like, you know what, you should teach some classes. Like, you should make a little business out of this, because at the time you were in school and you were working at a credit union, 
But I was like, this could be a way that you can make some extra money on the side. Like, you should totally go for it. And when I mentioned it at first, that wasn't my intention. It was just to provide some fun classes for kids. But when you said, yeah, go for it, and kept me accountable, honestly, for having the conversations with the people I needed to have in order to start the classes, really helped launch a gymnastics business kind of by accident two months into our marriage. Because as you encouraged me in this idea, I moved on it more quickly than I ever would have moved on anything before. And so I got some gymnastics equipment, and we literally went door-to-door handing out flyers trying to get these kids into classes. Yeah, I remember that. That was one of the funnest things for me is when we went door-to-door. I just remember kind of how nervous you were at the time that we were going and handing out all of these flyers, and it just was really fun for me because I, I think I believed in you a whole lot more than you believed in yourself, and I just knew it was a really good idea. Yeah, and so your encouragement and empowerment of me during that time really opened up a whole new world for me. I realized this entrepreneurial spirit that I had inside of me that I didn't know was there. But fast forward three years later, which is the year of our marriage that we're talking about, I was experimenting with a lot of different things while I was still operating under the safety net of grad school. So over time, I began to build a little bit of confidence in myself, but also borrowed a lot of confidence from you in the beginning and ended up starting a relationship blog to see how that would go, trying my hand at an MLM. And once I graduated, I formed an LLC and continued to grow the gymnastics business. And then later that year, after I applied for licensure, I started working as a marriage therapist and was able to have my own hours and that sort of thing. But I'm curious because as I look back on it, I realize how many different things I tried. And you know how kids try out different sports to see what fits and what works for them? That's sort of how I felt. Like I was just in this exploration and experimentation phase, trying to figure out what pieces of what really worked for me, all the while knowing that I ultimately wanted to open a private practice doing marriage therapy. But I was gaining all these pieces along the way and learning more about myself. And so I'm curious what that was like for you watching me experiment with so many things around that time. Yeah, interestingly, I kind of loved it. I was kind of really excited for you. Because of how my brain works with efficiency, I value the way that you were doing things at the time. So let me explain that a little bit more. But I coached soccer for 11 years, and I was also a teacher. And one of my strongest values was this idea of failing quickly or failing fast. The best way to get to where you want to go and to grow is by not being afraid or fearful of trying new things or putting yourself out there and then seeing what happens. And if you fail, that's okay, right? That's just an opportunity to grow. And at the time you were experiencing that and I was just really excited to help encourage you through that process. Yeah, and that was really a skill that I didn't have and didn't learn until we got married because as someone who's struggled with perfectionistic tendencies her whole life, the thought of failure was like the worst thing until you kind of pushed me into it. (laughs) And I learned through these different experiences that failure isn't even really a thing. Things may not work out, but there are lessons learned through all of those things. And it's like you said, I learned experientially that it was just moving me closer and closer to what I actually wanted to do. So much so that, you know, I'd felt called to marriage therapy since I was 16. 
But I didn't think in my mind that I would open a private practice until I was like 40. (laughs) In my mind, that was the age when you're old enough to start a private practice. But having all these experiences that opened up once we got married prepared me really well to kind of seamlessly transition into a private practice because I had the business background at that point. I'd had the customer service and the customer experience pieces at that time. And I'd had all the years of education and internship experience. So there wasn't such a huge learning curve to opening a private practice as one might think there would be, given my age. Yeah, the only boundary that was there at the time was in your head. You know, you had everything that you needed, but it was just that fear. You just needed encouragement. Yeah, and I think being 23 when we got married, I was still learning a lot about myself, right? But I listened to a lot of couple entrepreneur podcasts, and I hear how in a lot of cases, at least in the things that I listen to and read about, couples start off with very strong personalities or a strong individuals, and they have to navigate how to work with each other through that. Or the husband will say, you know, I knew I had to support her from the very beginning because, like, she's a strong woman and she'll just go for these things. But my experience was that I didn't know that I was strong until I started to take action and had your encouragement and support along the way. And that's been one of the most rewarding and most life-giving experiences in our marriage because I feel like just based on who I am and the way that I grew up, a lot of things have been healed in relationship with you and a lot of things have been discovered in relationship with you. I'm so glad for that. And I really see that in year three when all of the stuff was going down. But it reminds me of a recent story of an interaction that I had with a college student who was in my office and he was engaged. And so he asked this wise question of what's the most rewarding thing about being married or being married to Kinsey? And I knew immediately the answer for me was it's really rewarding when she says to me, Evan, I couldn't have done this without you. And for me personally, I really value that through our relationship, through marriage, we can accomplish things that would have been difficult or taken much longer to accomplish just on our own. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I know how that can sound to say, I couldn't have done this without you, because that really goes against this independence and this autonomy that we so value in our culture. But the reality is we're relational beings and we flourish in relationship. And so it's a very different message than the world portrays. Like, oh, I needed to go find myself or discover myself. And so I needed to leave my marriage because I outgrew my spouse. And, you know, I needed to go and self-actualize and fulfill my dreams. And that couldn't happen with my spouse. But the way that we've lived it out because of this mutual empowerment is that I truly have done things and realized some of my dreams already because of our relationship and because that unity has provided the strength I needed. I know that I wouldn't be able to find that for myself or at least live it out in the same way that I'm able to in my marriage. Thanks for saying that. And I feel the same way in how you have empowered me in our seven years of marriage I've had three different jobs, and some of them have been pretty radical, like the one that I have currently living in a dorm with 225 guys. So I really appreciate us kind of mutually empowering one another. Well, and here's the thing for me. We've taken turns along the way. 
We've taken turns in grad school. We've taken turns in starting new ventures or new jobs. But I think because you modeled for me first how to do that really well, how to empower your spouse, by the time it was your turn, it was no problem at all because I knew how rewarding and how rich it had been in my experience. And so, of course, I wanted to do the same for you. And going back, if I can, to when you were talking about the student in your office who asked you what was the most rewarding part of marriage and your answer, I remember a conversation we had in our apartment with some of the students and they had these certain ideas about marriage and the way that husbands should be. And without realizing it, some of the things they were saying were very disempowering, I felt like, to their future spouses. And so at one point, someone asked me what I thought, and my response was, you know, at one time, I would have thought a lot of the same things that you all think about marriage now, and I would have had very boxed-in, rigid ideas of how husbands and wives are supposed to operate. But because I married someone who had come to his own conclusions about his faith and who had thought through a lot and didn't just take what other people had told him as truth— What I told these guys is, you know, the way that Evan loves me and operates with the spirit of servant leadership is way more Christ-like than some of the things that I was taught through cultural Christianity, honestly, or at least how it's been done in the West over the past hundred years or so. I've been able to experience growth and freedom and empowerment in my marriage because I don't know how else to say it, but the way that you've treated me has been in a spirit of freedom and of serving me out of love. Well, thanks for sharing that. I'm so glad that that's been your experience in our relationship and in our marriage. It reminds me of when you talk about this value, only recently have I been able to put words to it. And over the past couple of years, I've been thinking about it. The way that I describe it to other people is that in our relationship, each of us have different strengths. For example, you have the strength of empathy. And like we talked about, maybe I have the strength of not being afraid of failure. And so this idea of mutual empowerment really comes from not using those strengths just to benefit ourselves. I could very easily just keep that strength to myself and grow as an individual and be successful in different aspects of my life. But what's really rewarding and impactful in our relationship is when I use that to not just benefit myself, but to benefit you and to empower you to do all sorts of different things that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise or would have taken longer for you to get to otherwise. And that's why I knew so quickly how to respond to that student when they asked me that question. Yeah, it reminds me of our premarital counseling when Dr. Kiesling was talking about different power dynamics and how those can play out in marriage. And at the time, I didn't really think in terms of power. So I was like, okay, this probably isn't going to be applicable (laughs) to us. But he was talking about how in different areas, whether in intimacy or in personal flourishing or even in sexual intimacy, how these dynamics of power and power plays can show up. And the importance of avoiding those in marriage, because all that does is detract from this oneness that you're working to create, this differentiated unity. And so from a faith standpoint, the issue of power needs to be obsolete in marriage because it's actually 
mutual empowerment is what we're striving for. And that's based on Trinitarian theology that I had learned in grad school, just that the way that the Trinity operates in relationship with each other is they all mutually empower one another. They don't withhold their power or their strengths, as you put it, from each other. And that's been a really beautiful picture played out in our marriage through what you initially modeled for me. So to wrap this episode up, I want to bring it back to an education piece, and you could have probably guessed that I was going to bring it back to Gottman. I'll link his Sound Marital House in the show notes, but just to go over that again, marriage expert and researcher John Gottman says that in order for a marriage to flourish, they have to first build on trust and commitment. And so that's the secure attachment piece that we talked about in the beginning. There has to be a safe home base in order for anything else to be built on top of it. Then a couple works to build up their marital friendship where they're trusting each other and giving each other the benefit of the doubt and turning toward each other rather than away. As they build their marital friendship, they then are able to resolve conflict appropriately and successfully. And that doesn't mean they get to a point where they have an absence of conflict. That means they're both able to bring their full selves to the table and work through things so that they can then, on the most basic level, problem solve, but on a higher level, realize their dreams together. And that's the, the top, like the roof of the sound marital house is this realizing dreams together and creating shared meaning together. And so that's honestly what we hope for your all's marriage, because just as every individual in the body of Christ is needed, so is every couple in what your all's unity has the ability to create. And when we hear other couples talk about the ways that they've grown, the ways that they've made room for each other to grow, it makes us really excited when couples are able to live into their God-given dreams as individuals and as a couple. And that's what growing as individuals, doing marriage with intention, and leading mutually empowered, purposeful lives is all about. So your action step for today is to talk with your spouse about the strengths that each of you contributes in your marriage and ways that you can help each other grow where perhaps the other isn't as strong because we realize that every couple is different and we really want you guys to live into your fullest potential as a couple for the glory of God and the good of others. And once you've identified some of these strengths, really talk through how you guys can lean into empowering one another even more than you already are and give those things a try. Put them into action and see what happens. And let us know as you do. We're really excited for you and for this episode. So please leave us your feedback at 502-221-3845. That's the new text machine that's specifically for you guys as listeners. Again, let us know how this goes for you, how these conversations go at 502-221-3845. And our prayer for your marriage this week is that... As you lean into loving each other more like Christ loves us, not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought, but stewarding yourself in a way that empowers and uplifts the other, that you guys together would experience freedom in Christ and know on an experiential level that God is able to do abundantly more than all you could ever ask or imagine. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
Love is not a battle Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile as it is